so are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast, everyone. Uh, we are going to have a terrific show this evening. As you can see, the field is full here on the screen. We've got three amazing guests, uh, along with my co-host, Jake. And we are going to be playing a little game of Would You Rather this evening. Uh, all fantasy football related, folks. Get your minds out of the gutter, please. Come on. This is... <laughs> I was going to say Let's this is a family see where show, the show but takes us, yeah. Justin, before he makes such a There's already been a I'm open minded. <laughs> yeah, they was trying to get us all in the shower about an hour ago, so I, I got no promises for where tonight goes. No shame. Uh, Let's go. So, um, before we head around the room here, um, Jake, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing so good. It is storming in Madison, Wisconsin. Something fierce right now, but uh, aside from that. I'm doing well. I didn't walk outside and let myself get caught in the rain, which I might do after the podcast. We'll see. Again, it just depends on how well things go. How are you, Dustin? Oh, I, I'm doing well. Um, I want to apologize to all of our uh, viewers out there first, because um, I know you watch the show just to see my face. If I start sweating profusely, it's because it is hotter than Satan's taint in my basement <laughs> right now where I record. And I, I so I'm just putting that out there now. If I start sweating profusely, that's why. So uh, other than that, I'm doing terrific. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> if we see you start to furiously fan down the way, that's right. we'll all know what that's about. It may come to a point where I have to peel off my shirt. And I, I mean, you might have people to don't want to see well. that, but <laughs> I very might. <laughs> but yeah, as I said, we have got uh, three great guests joining us this evening. Um, so I will go around the room and introduce each and every one of them. Uh, we've first off got Ryan Weiss, staff writer at Football Guys and co-host of Club Fantasy FFL. Ryan, how are you doing this evening? So good. Thank you guys for having me. When I heard Would You Rather was involved, I couldn't not jump on. That's a staple of our show as well. So we just had to. Perfect. My well, my my co-host Joe Zolo claims we invented the games. <laughs> TM Club Fantasy. Exactly. Sure, you've never heard of my well, podcast, but you know our game. Yeah, but you spell it Wood W-O-O-D. So exactly. no and then we also have Nate Hamilton joining us, um, analyst with the Game Day NFL. Nate, uh, thanks for joining us. Glad we could finally get you on the show. I know we've we've tried in the past and the timing never worked out. So I'm really excited to finally have you on. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. And, uh, you know, I'm happy that I'm on time. I've been waiting for about 14 hours. <laughs> yes. You know, you, you say central time. I just I my brain can't compute that. So I have no idea what's going on right now. I'm glad to be here, though. Uh, I'm glad you got it all figured out. Thank you. Hmm. Um, and then back on the show, uh, one of our first guests, Jake, I, I, I believe. Very first. Very first, first guest. Very first guest. Uh, uh, so finally back on the show is John Helmkamp, uh, staff writer at sportcasting.com. John, how are you doing? I'm good, man. It's it's fun to be back. Um, I can't believe I was your guys' first guest many, many moons ago. And, and it's so fun to, to see how things have gone for everybody since then. And you know, I've harassed Ryan on multiple occasions. Nate and I have never done a show together. 
Ooh, Ooh, another first. All right, five thousand times. We've done a we've done a live. Oh my god, we? he was on he was on the Club Fantasy BS draft last year. So you. Guys oh, were, that's right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> right. Okay. Good. Good. Okay. <laughs> I makes me feel better because I was sitting there. I was going, wait, hold on. Like, I love Nate. Have I never done a show with him before? And okay, apparently we have. What he meant <laughs> is you haven't done one. Just the two of you in a secluded area. Where <laughs> the, the shower. Justin, Jake, Brian, if you guys could just leave and give yeah. us the next hour, that'd be good. Yeah, we'll just take it from here. We got this. Yeah. Um, I know it's good. It's it's great. You know, I'm uh, currently not hosting anything on my own, so it's always nice to. Uh, just get on with with some friends and let you guys do the stressful part, and me just show up and talk about football. It's great. That really is the best part. I mean, I love yeah. uh, guesting on shows and just just wipe my hands of it and just like, oh no, I don't I don't have to do all the talking for once. This is great. Not tonight, Justin. <laughs> Not tonight. <laughs> no, nope. it's all about you. It is. But before we do that, um, let's go around the room. Uh, Jake, start us off with our beer of the week here. Uh, beer of the week. I do my little monthly trip to Hy-Vee, for any of you Midwesterners that know and love Hy-Vee, to stock my beer fridge. And this time, I happened to get something from Great Lakes. And I decided to make that this week's beer because they are from Cleveland, Ohio. And we are going to the Fantasy Football Expo in Canton, Ohio, later this week, Dustin. But it is a lemon Hefeweizen. It is lemony. (laughs) And you know what? It's bright. It's bright. It's very interesting. It tastes like a, a lemon drop almost. It, it, it's very lemony, yeah. very tart. Big so time lemon. Are you not? It's not a shandy. I want to be clear because okay. I can't. I can't fuck with no, shandies. No, we don't. We don't <laughs> do shandies. <laughs> it's too sweet. So I had to do something that's a little bit, uh, let's say, more natural tasting. Dustin, okay. is that fair for this? Maybe? Earthy, I guess. Earthy. Yeah, we can go earthy, herby. Yes. Potentially, I don't know. No, Lemon don't grassy. Know. It just tastes like lemon. That's bring, all. Lemon you got to bring one with you so I can try it. Mm. Done. Done and done. You don't even have to bring it. It's all over the place down here. You will find it <laughs> oh, anywhere. <sure. laughs> It'll be on tap at like most of the places you go. Nice. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good beer. Good job, Jake. Ryan, what are you? What are you imbibing in this evening? I'm a pirate, so it's rum and coke for me. I, I drink rum. Lots of rum all the time, so it's rum. <laughs> do you do uh, do you do the spiced variety or just the plain white rum? I prefer spiced over white or even aged over white. White would be the last for me, so I start so what, with spiced, then aged, then white. What what is your rum that is currently in that concoction? This is just your basic Captain Morgan. Captain, I do have some more. I do have some more exotic rums. My wife gets me a new form of rum from different countries. Guatemalan rum was delicious. Nice. Um, and then one of my good friends in Georgia is from Colombia and put me onto a very good Colombian rum. So I bust that out on special occasions and things. That's awesome. Can I ask you as the rum master here? Uh, because I'm a big fan of off-brand purchases because I'm a cheap bastard. Okay. Admiral Nelson's. How does it compare? Slash, have you ever heard of this? Compared 100%. to Captain Morgan's. Compares very well. You just Same? need to be. A, I'm just a brand whore. I'm a captain guy. So, um, but compares very well. Um, not quite. If you're drinking, you don't want to do shots of Admiral Nelson. You definitely want to cut that with somebody else. So. Okay. If you're drinking Admiral Nelson's, you're telling me that you're 19 years old at a frat party. 
That's yep. what Admiral Nelson. <laughs> Interestingly <laughs> enough, it's not even all that much cheaper than Captain anymore. Captain yes. is, <laughs> is it like caught up in price point? Because it used to be you can get like a fifth for like twelve bucks. Uh, I like I'll that. be honest, I don't even look enough, but I, I there definitely isn't <laughs> enough to make me look. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nate. How about you? Well, you know, the only time I drink Coke is when I have Captain Morgan in it. So there you go. Uh, I'm, I'm drinking a Sierra Nevada IPA. It's the Torpedo. It's the extra IPA. Yes. Um, typically with my beer, I do not drink anything under 6%. So if that's under 6%, I'm probably not going to have it. <laughs> and then, Damn, and it's 5-1. It's 5-1, Nate. You'll uh, never get on board with No, pa pass. Uh, and then I'm washing it down with an old-fashioned. So oh, oh, nice. Ooh, great combination. Woo! I love it. Now, and now, is that a, a Wisconsin Old Fashioned? Wisconsin Old Fashioned, by the way, for viewers and listeners not familiar, it's brandy, and typically it's sweet. But I have come to find out that that's not the same across the states, and it's like whiskey sour is a traditional no. Old Fashioned. No, 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 no. It's, it's whiskey, simple syrup, bitters, ice, stir, with like an orange twist if you're feeling fancy. But if you don't have the orange twist, it's literally just whiskey, simple syrup, and bitters, and that's it. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you how I make it. I'll yeah, please, please. So I, I do uh, orange uh, peel, uh, yep. some raw sugar, mm -hmm. uh, some um, bitters. I muddle that together. Yep. Drop a cube in. Put some of my Woodford Reserve or Knob Creek, one of those two usually, and then some Luxardo cherries as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. Make it fancy. It's really fancy. Very, very similar. Um, being up here in this part of the world in the Midwest, you can get Traverse City cherries in Traverse from Traverse City, Michigan, which is like the cherry capital of the world. And their like fancy cocktail cherries are absolutely delicious. So yeah, pretty much Nate and I make our, our old fashioned the same way. Awesome. You snobby sons of bitches. <laughs> yes, yeah, fancy yeah. ingredients. <laughs> it's gotta be a drink. That's right. fair. That's fair. It is. And John, how about you? Yeah, since I uh, am in Chicago and I've gone full Chicago and I'm drinking from a Chicago Bears mug, I decided to go with a Chicago. Yeah, I figured. I, yeah, I did this just. This is all for you, Jake. This is all for you. Well, Dustin too, but especially Jake because he gets feisty with me. Um, Revolution Brewing from Chicago, mm -hmm. Hazy Hero IPA. Uh, it's good. It's seven point three, Nate. So okay. all right, I'll have it. More up your alley. It's a. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like a New England hazy, very tropicaly juice bomb. It's yeah, love it's, it. It sounds it's, delicious. If it looks like orange juice, it's a good idea. <laughs> I agree, hundred percent. That pulp. That extra bite. That, yeah, <laughs> it's just unfiltered. It's it's, a, <laughs> it's yeah, it's good stuff. Hundred percent. Oh, my goodness. Uh, now, Dustin, we don't have, sadly, because our listeners have let us down, we don't have uh, our favorite segment, the Drunk Trade of the Week, because we have no submissions in the chamber here. Boo. But I did want to just ask, I thought I'd take the opportunity, aside from begging our listeners to submit more Drunk Trades, please, you goddamn heathens, to also ask our guests, uh, I don't buy the whole catch more flies with honey, clearly, no. uh, method clearly. of doing things. But I wondered if our guests have any thoughts. A, has anybody made a drunk trade recently? Or B, 
Do you allow yourself to make drunk trades? Do you put the phone down? Do you mute the sleeper and MFL apps when you've been drinking? What's the frequency? Let's go around the table, I thought here, Dustin. And let's start with Ryan. Do you make drunk trades? Have you made one recently? I have not made one recently. Actually, I'll throw one out. I was trying to debate on getting rid of, and John, you're going to hate me for this. It's a three-keeper league. And I was trying to debate on getting rid of either Tyreek Hill or Jonathan Taylor. And I could not bear to make the decision. And a buddy of mine caught me drunk and was like, hey, someone's offering me Calvin Ridley for my first round pick. So I split decision and got rid of Tyreek Hill as quickly as I could before I lost my chance at his first round pick. So I was able to move Tyreek for a one. Um, a one? Just the, it's we only trade one year's picks ahead, and I could only keep one of them, so that was the most I was going to get for him. Oh. The market was pretty well set at that. He now no longer has a first round pick because it's only a three keeper league, so the first round pick is not just a rookie pick; it's a pretty important pick. Got it. Um, so snap decision. I don't regret it, but I, he did catch me drunk and force me to choose between Tyree Kill and Jonathan Taylor. And when I split the baby, Tyree Kill's gone. So. Well, I'm proud there. of you for making the right choice. I figured you would be. <laughs> <laughs> John, have you drunk traded away a Jonathan Taylor share at any point? Have you oh, gotten that drunk? That's what I want to know. Hell no, never. Um, <laughs> that, is, that has not happened. Um, it was funny because obviously I was uh, very early and, and high on the drumbeat for for Jonathan Taylor. Um, I acquired him everywhere that I could in rookie drafts going into last season. And then it's like the rest of the fantasy world kind of caught up to Jonathan Taylor's value in the last year. So if I didn't get him in a draft last year, it's it's becoming much more challenging to acquire him. Um, you know, he's going as like a top five dynasty running back now. And that's where he's going in drafts too. You know, I'm I'm in a I'm always in drafts and he's going right around there. He's going with, you know, typically a late first um in or mid mid first in single quarterback leagues. <clears throat> It's weird, though, because with everything going on with the Quentin Nelson injury and the Carson Wentz and all that stuff, there's been this really, really short depressed value window on Jonathan Taylor. And I've been trying to get him, but everyone knows how much I love him and they won't give him to me. (laughs) Really, really irritating. But there's been this kind of depressed window. I've been taking advantage of it a lot in best ball. Like I got him at the I got him at the two seven in an underdog best ball a couple days ago. And I. Could not believe it. I decided in the first round to take Travis Kelsey. And then I was like, all right. And I got the notification. I'm on the clock and I open it up and he's sitting right there at the top of the queue. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) (laughs) It it must have been the Carson Wentz thing. I mean, that's the only thing I could think of. I think Quentin Nelson too plays a big role, but Quentin Nelson today was already back uh, on the sideline of practice, not even wearing a boot. And he had surgery like five days ago or something like that. So I think he's going to smash his timeline to be back for week one. And people are going to be like, why did we fade Jonathan Taylor? It doesn't make any sense. They're even saying Wentz could be back for week one now. So it it was a complete overblow for one week. So Yeah, 100%. Love it. Fair. I do allow myself to drunk trade, though. It just hasn't been a Jonathan Taylor trade. Okay. I've done one recently, but a lot of times I catch myself late at night just like, looking through my rosters and I'll send something stupid every once in a while. And it happens. It's fair. Just always mm-hmm. curious. Nate, do you have a gauge? Do you have a threshold where you allow um, yourself to drunk trade? 
Well, I'm Irish, so I never get drunk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so no, actually, so, uh, Ryan and I were in a dynasty uh, league together um, with a lot of the uh, OG writers from the fantasy footballers. Um, so we we developed that. And what was it? Year four or five now, Ryan? I Something. think we're hitting year five at this. Point. We're hitting year five. this year. OK, yeah. so um, the only person I actually drunk trade with is Ben Cummins. Like him and I, <laughs> we will not we will not trade sober. It's not possible for us. Like we will we will make it as fair as possible and we're both just like I don't know, let's let, let's talk about it later. And then like 1:30 in the morning, we're like, "Hey, bud. Yeah, so uh wait wait, what do you say about that trade? Can we add this guy in?" And then yeah, we usually get something done. Um so that's the only person actually on the planet that I drunk trade with. He's and what's like, funny is I can attest to this. You can always tell when Nate or Ben are drinking because there's yeah. usually a DM at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night where they're like, who's trying to get something done tonight? <laughs> <laughs> and then the next morning you wake up, don't you, Ryan? You uh, trade yeah, happens between Ben and Nate. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Jake, and beautiful. Made, Jake and I made a beautiful trade a few weeks ago where I said, was it a third or a fourth for Andy Dalton? Because it I'm literally a third round pick for Andy Dalton, and which I thought was a smash for me as the person getting the third round pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm the Justin Fields owner, so it made sense for me yeah. to like kind of hedge there. And I was like, sure, all right, fine. We put it in. It went in the in the chat that the trade was completed, and people were like, "Ooh, big trade!" <laughs> Blockbuster. Yeah. Can we stop yeah. shaming non-blockbuster trades, by the way? I want to put that out there into the world. Not everything has to be Tyreek Hill, Pat Mahomes for, like, three valuable assets. Sometimes yeah. shit just needs to move teams, all right? Yes. And we can do that yeah. however yeah. we need to do that. So, like, both yeah. of us basically sent shit downhill in exactly. opposite direction. <laughs> and that's pretty much how it worked. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Mm -hmm. um, Anyways, that was a good supplement for our drunk trade, Justin. I actually like that more than an actual trade. <gasps> Don't you do say that. that. Good. <laughs> well, before I let you kick off the meat of the episode here, we have to talk about some other meat, Dustin, because this week's episode is brought to you by Poor Richard's Farm 100% grass-fed beef snack sticks from European beef cattle raised ethically on their Wisconsin family farm, basically right up the road from us. Uh, they use all natural ingredients, no fillers, no preservatives, none of the gross stuff makes its way in there. They're vacuum sealed, remain shelf stable. Their cattle are never given supplemental hormones or antibiotics, but they are given fresh air and open spaces. That makes for more physically and emotional healthy animals. All of their beef sticks, by the way, smoked with real hardwood chips, come in a variety, barbecue hickory, teriyaki maple, Tex-Mex mesquite, the best. and original Dustin, you're the Tex-Mex fan, oh, yeah? That's it's your it's amazing, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I'm undecided, honestly. I think I need to try them 12 to 15 more times to make an educated <laughs> guess on this. Right now, though, our listeners can get 5% off their order if you use promo code DTFF at checkout. Visit poorrichardsfarms.com today and enjoy free shipping as well when you buy three or more packs of their delicious all-natural beef sticks. I'm telling you right now, three is not going to be enough. You're going to want to double whatever order you think you should have. All right. Thank you for that, Jake. And yes, go out and order some. They are delicious. We'll not let you down. All right. So let's get into this. I've been excited for this all week. Let's put it that way. Since our last show, I, I, I've just been 
chopping at the bit. Doesn't sound episode. like R two D two over there. <laughs> <laughs> it's robot Dustin. No, I think you got. I think you got uh, some beef cluttered into your USB <laughs> port, and it's supposed to go into your mouth. And I think that that's something I should have said up front. And honestly, that's on me. Yeah. All right, yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. True professional, Jake. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we'll, we'll start our game of Would You Rather here. Um, I've got just a plethora of, of comparisons here. Um, and basically, we'll just whoever wants to speak up on, on your opinion on these these uh, players we're talking about. Um, let's go ahead and do so. I'll kind of jump all over the board, not necessarily spit, go position by position. Uh, just ones that I feel like are... Um, the most interesting in my my eyes. So let's start. We will start off with QBs here. So um, just for reference, all of our, our all the data I'm pulling off of uh, fantasydata.com, the ADPs and everything. Um, so for those of you playing at home, if you're looking at a different website, might differ uh, slightly, but um, should get us pretty close. So quarterbacks, two guys I'm really interested in only because of their offenses. We got Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan. We got the Mats. So Stafford is currently going at QB 10, 83rd overall, and Matt Ryan is going QB 14 at 120th overall. Who wants to jump on board this one first? Let's get this kicked off with Ryan here. I'm very curious, and then we'll just go around uh, the clock, if you will. But so Stafford, 10th overall for QBs, Matt Ryan 14th. I had ADP, I'm guessing, right? So who do you want at ADP there? Oh, it's Stafford all day for me. I just like the offense. I like everything about it better. Um, a, a lot of the big boosts for Matt Ryan right now is look what Ryan Tannehill did in this system, but I think they're going to find that system to work a lot less well without Derrick Henry in a solid defense. And so I just don't know that it's going to play out as well for Matt Ryan as it did for Ryan Tannehill, whereas Stafford's coming in with two great receivers, arguably a, great, a good tight end with Tyler Higby. If you believe in Sean McVay as an offensive genius and it was Jared Goff holding him back, we've seen what this offense can do at its peak. And I I just think Matt Stafford's going to go in there and just eat. I love it for Robert Woods. I love it for Cooper Cup. And to the back end, I like it for Daryl Henderson and Tyler Higby as well. So it's Matt Stafford for me. Personally, I'm just really upset that you neglected their tight end one, Jacob Harris. Um, So let's let's just, you know, let's call it what it is. (laughs) But... I'm I'm totally in agreement. I think that this is Stafford um, in a big way. I love that that offense is what it is with Sean McVay. I think there was a lot of times where, like you said, Ryan, Goff's arm ability held back what he wanted to do with an offense. And ever since the news broke of the trade, we've heard nothing but Sean McVay basically wanting to take Stafford out for a nice steak dinner. <laughs> Because he's just in love with the guy. He loves the arm talent. He loves the just rocket arm that he has, the the mental approach to the game. I think the toughness is a really big factor for him that he loves. The guy just, you know, never comes out. Doesn't matter if he's got three broken ribs, he's gonna get back in there and on the next play. I'm really excited about this pairing of those two together. I love the skill players that they have. Um, I think that what's gonna be really good about it, and from a fantasy perspective, this is kind of one of those double-edged swords, right? Because you look at it and you go, okay, well, they've got a good defense, which might mean less opportunities for the offense, but I trust that the offense is more complete and that they're going to be able to sustain drives and put up more points than Atlanta. So 
I think that this offense is going to score more points than Atlanta does, even though Atlanta is going to be having to play from behind. Because, listen, Mike Davis, really fun story. Love the picture of his bulging quads. But <laughs> this dude is not an RB1. And I'm concerned about him going into the season as the RB1 and whether or not he can sustain it over the entire season. So I think there's a pretty decent chance that the wheels kind of fall off for that offense at some point, whereas I think the Rams are going to be a more complete offense. They're going to be able to put up more points. I love both the wide receivers. That's a very interesting conversation in and of itself as to which one of those two you prefer, because I think they're both going to eat. And I think that Stafford's just in a great spot. And I'm really happy for him as a professional to go to a team that that can contend. Like, we're probably going to see him in the playoffs, and I'm really excited about that. And, and that's going to be just really fun for a great guy, consummate professional, to be able to finally get a chance in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and answer this question and everyone after that and just give the generic blanket. I'll take whoever goes later because I can get a better value. Uh, uh, but no, I'm, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to, I'm going to side with these guys. I think Matthew Stafford, there's a, a bit of a, an allure with the unknown, but we know the talent in that offense, especially in the receiving game. So I'm really excited about that. And I find myself with the Atlanta uh, options, even though I'm excited about them as well, but I'm more excited about them because of the loss of Julio Jones and, and not because of, you know, Matt Ryan. So uh, as much as I like Matt Ryan, I hate to say it, but I, I really think Matthew Stafford is the answer in this one. That's Jake. fair. I, it's hard for me to avoid Matt Stafford right now. And it's, I actually did not rank him inside my top 12 quarterbacks. And I feel like it's a mistake. But he's on the—he's literally quarterback thirteen for me right now, uh, and I think I'm going to have to move him up because yes, when everybody else has said a million times yes, if he—if Jared Goff can do the things that Jared Goff did there, why not Matt Stafford, a much improved quarterback, step in and do even better things? Even with the ADP dip there, I don't think it's enough of a dip for me to want Matt Ryan over Matt Stafford. Uh, but I do—I will be the Matt Stafford apologist here probably. I think he's going to finish higher maybe than folks uh, surmise, because I think Pitts is going to bail him out a lot. I was trying to convince myself of that same fact today. I'm like, am I too low? But I, I still, he's my 20 right now, and I don't see myself moving him. All right. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yes. Real quick, um, before we get off this topic, I'm looking it up as we are ta- as I'm talking, so I'm basically <laughs> time right now. Um but if you are looking for some fun potential bets to place, I'm looking up the odds right now of Stafford to win MVP. Oh, it's come down quite a bit. He is the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He is the eighth best odds to win to win the MVP award this year. Wow! At plus plus sixteen hundred, which is still great yeah. odds. You'd be like putting a couple couple bucks out there plus 1600 for stafford to win the uh i say 1600 sounds like a value but when you say he's the eighth highest that sounds like ludicrous (laughs) (laughs) the exact same odds right now according to DraftKings, as lamar jackson and kyler murray wow look i i I love stafford but i just don't see how he can he can win mvp i mean regardless of what kind of season they have uh they made it to a super bowl with jared goff so i mean Really, how can you put him at MVP level at this, you know, this this stage of his career? Um, I just that's man, 
you know, that's what betting's for, though, right? That's if you want to really? get that plus sixteen hundred back, then fine, go go right ahead. But I just, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd put money on that one. Hey, give me Kyler system, in that, by the way. In that system with losing Cam Akers uh, at the running back position, that's fair. They're gonna have to throw more, especially in the red zone. You could be looking at like a forty six hundred yard. 38 touchdown season out of Matt Stafford. And I wouldn't blink if that ended up being his stat line at the end of the year. So I don't know if you throw, you know, I'll put five bucks on plus 1600 odds. Sure. Why not? First of all, John, stop talking bad about Daryl Henderson. Second, (laughs) Dustin, do we have another quarterback challenge loaded in the chamber? Well, I'm going to move away from uh, quarterbacks here. Like I said, I'm going to jump around um, and I'm going to talk about a couple wide receivers here. uh, Teammates that. I, I, I'm high on one, I'll admit, um, but, but the rest of the world seems high on the other. So uh, I'd love to hear your guys' opinions on this. Uh, so it's Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. So we got, we got, we got Ayuk going at wide receiver 25 and Debo going at wide receiver 35. Uh, and they're, they're going about 25 picks apart, uh, in the draft 63rd and 88th overall. Um, Nate, why don't we start with you this time? Yeah, you said Debo is going much later, right? Yep. Yeah, so I think Ayuk is the new shiny toy. As quick as that has turned around for the whole Debo hype, like where everyone, I say this all the time in the fantasy industry, we're so quick to just move on to the next guy without giving time to develop to players that we're, we were super high on to begin with. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take Debo here because I still think he's got all that talent that everybody was so boasting about. And it's almost the, you know, what have you done for me lately situation when it comes to these two, I think. And, you know, honestly, I'll you know, they both kind of scare me because of the situation in <laughs> San Francisco. We don't know what's going to happen there at quarterback. How long is Jimmy G going to be, uh, you know, in that role, what have you. Um, but, you know, in this situation, I'm going Debo because it's such a significant, you know, difference in, in where they're going. Um, I think that Debo actually provides a safer floor than uh, Brandon Ayuk. Mm-hmm. Rebuttals, anyone? Or agreements? It's Ayuk for me. Um, I don't pretend to be a film grinder at all, but when I caught glimpses of Ayuk, it reminded me a lot of what we see Robert Woods do for the Los Angeles Rams, uh, where they love to run the little end arounds and things like that to him. They're not doing it as much as Woods gets it, but maybe that's something that's going to develop over time. I know the stats are pretty damning when Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk are all together. It doesn't play out as well for Ayuk as what his rookie year overall looks like. I just, if you're going to have a wide receiver one on that team, I think Ayuk is more built for that role than Debo is. Obviously, Kittle's going to lead the team in targets, assuming health, but I, I, I would rather have Ayuk in that situation. Ayuk ranked surprisingly high for me when I finished my projections. I think he's up at like my wide receiver 21, 22, something like that. So it's, it's funny that you brought him up. I was looking today at my rankings on guys that I'm way higher on than like ADP and consensus. And Ayuk was one where I'm like, I'm going to walk out of a lot of like, cause we're getting heavy into redraft draft season right now. I think I'm going to walk out of a lot of drafts with Ayuk just because I like him even better. I understand Nate's absolutely right of the, what have you done for me lately? I like him even better than that. So it's, it's, I, I'm going to die on this hill. (laughs) (laughs) John, who you got? 
Well, while Ryan was talking, I basically flip-flopped five times. Um, <laughs> that essentially tells you kind of where I'm at with these guys. I think that both of them are... Okay, no, I'm not going to be offensive. Um, <laughs> if I have a chance... I think they'll perform game. very well, and you'd be happy to have either of them on yeah, your Yeah, I would be super happy to have either one of these options. <laughs> John, John, just, just say next question. <laughs> uh, I refuse to answer pursuing my Fifth Amendment rights. Um, no, that's a HIPAA I, violation to even ask that question. <laughs> Get out of here with HIPAA. Um, which, by the way, I kind of want to write a children's book called HIPAA the Hippo. Well, <laughs> you know, while just, while just explaining people's medical rights to them, <laughs> yeah, I might, I might do it and then send one to the congressional floor. And, and be like, here, let me explain HIPAA to you like yeah. you're five. So he's anyway. taking Debo. That's what I get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, listen, not to be a fence-sitter, I really do love both of these guys at their value. If, if I'm literally having to pick one in a vacuum over the other, I'm going to take Debo because we're talking about 10 wide receivers later. Yeah. I think that there's just more value to be had there. I love Ayuk's game. But I think that Debo is so much cheaper right now just because he had an injury plate year last year, especially if you're looking at this from a trade standpoint. Ayuk's going to cost you probably two firsts to go get. Like, I've tried in multiple occasions to get him, even offering, like, a first and maybe a lesser wide receiver, and I haven't gotten him. Like, he's getting really, really expensive, whereas we talked about, like, Debo Day, like, a month ago, Jake, where I think – was it you and I that made the trade? Or was it someone else – where I didn't separate trades. Was... You made a trade in a separate league, and I made a trade in our league right. with uh, Michelle Majuk to get Debo, but yeah. Yeah, in a separate league, I got Debo for two future seconds. And to me, I was like, that's screaming value on a guy that I think could return very, very similar production to what Ayuk is going to give you because Shanahan uses both of them basically interchangeably, just like his running backs. So I think that both of them provide really good value and are going to be excellent in fantasy. But if I'm forced to pick one or the other at value, I'll take Debo 10 wide receivers later. I love that. Dustin and mm -hmm. I have a, a beer bet about this. Uh, we both prefer Debo, actually, but I just think they'll finish much closer together than he does. He thinks it's Debo by a landslide. I think it'll be Big pretty Debo close. Debo stand over here. <laughs> either way, obviously, we're both taking Debo at that ADP drop there. And I, I actually have my concerns about all of these guys if Trey Lance is the starter for the majority of the year. Nate, I think you kind of alluded mm -hmm. to that. Like, yeah, if Jimmy's there, great. Uh, I love Lance for himself for fantasy, but I could see an issue with any of these guys even getting 100 targets if he's the starter for the majority of the time. So it gives me a little bit of pause. I want the guy who's used a little bit more. Uh, it, uh, with utility, if you will, with Debo. Ryan, you mentioned Robert Woods. I actually, that's what I loved about Debo was he got like three rushing touchdowns in his uh, uh, initial year there. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, sorry, Ryan, but the, the consensus is spoken and you have been kicked <laughs> off of the show because you didn't agree with Debo. Hold it up again. All right, let's move over to the tight end position here. Um, we've got going at tight end five and tight end six, respectively, Mark Andrews and the new apostle TJ Hawkinson, uh, going at 53 and 54 overall, literally back to back wow. picks. Um, John, let's, let's throw it to you first for this one. Yeah. So we're basically just calling it a coin flip. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm taking Mark Andrews 
between the two of them straight up this year because one, I think the offense as a whole is going to be looking really good. I think they want to see Lamar Jackson take the next step as a passer. And we've seen that in the moves that they've made with the draft and taking Rashad Bateman in the first and then doubling down with Tylen Wallace later. We've seen that they are prioritizing a passing attack in this offense because this, the straight up run game has stalled out when it's come to playoff time. And they understand that they need a diverse offense in order to go far. So I think that we are going to see Lamar Jackson take the most passing attempts that he's had in his career yet this season. And I think that that is going to translate to even more usage for Mark Andrews, especially in the red zone where he thrives and he eats. I think that Mark Andrews could potentially lead all tight ends in touchdowns this season. Like Travis Kelsey, obviously, like we we know it, we love him. It's great. They've bolstered their offensive line a lot, and I think they're going to use Clyde Edwards-Hilaire a lot more down in the red zone than they did last year. Even though they, they use him a lot, he just didn't convert them. I think with an improved offensive line that they've done in Kansas City, we're going to see more rushing touchdowns in KC and less throwing in the red zone to Travis Kelsey. Whereas when we get down into the red zone in in Baltimore, I think that Mark Andrews is going to continue to see a lot of usage in that area, and he's going to be right up there contending with the most touchdowns. Detroit, listen, we we all want to talk about, well, no one else is there except for the sun god Amon Ross St. Brown, who I'm in love with. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's great. He's going to have a bigger slice of a smaller pie, but their offense is going to suck. Like, it, it could be really, really bad in Detroit. So the overall opportunities for Hawk, while he'll have a great, like, dominator rating if you want to use that number on it is going to be fantastic i think the overall production out of him could be lower than what we are thinking it might be so i think that mark andrews i think he sees an uptick in total targets i think he sees an uptick in red zone usage and i think that he is kind of being like kind of the untalked about man in the in the tight end position this year where he could be right up there in the top three you know pretty easily Mm -hmm. nate what do you think um, I hate this question because <laughs> they're both going too early for me uh, to target a tight end. Um, so, what was what was the overall again, Dustin? Uh, Fifty-three and fifty-four. Yeah, it's back to back. So it's it's a, like you said, it's a coin toss for me. Um, John makes some good points when it comes to uh, Hawkinson probably being the better talent at this point in his career. Uh, than Mark Andrews. However, the opportunity, especially when it comes to the tight end position, you know, getting the opportunities is is the the key thing. Like, if you don't have touchdowns behind those numbers, you're, you know, even at like a good tight end, the tight end 10, that's, who cares about the tight end 10? You probably drop them three times, four times throughout the entire season to stream somebody else and pick them back up when he has another matchup, a better matchup. Sounds like Jimmy Graham. It sounds sounds like Jimmy Graham. Exactly. So for me, I'm going to take whoever's going later. Yeah, he's going to go get another beer. Um, But in this case, like neither one's going later. I think I'm going to go with Hawkinson just because I think that, yeah, there's going to be less opportunity in that offense. But I think he's going to see more target share than Mark Andrews is in the Baltimore offense. So that's that's a long uh, way to say that. But (laughs) What a beautiful way to say it. He nailed it. All right, Ryan. Ryan, what do you think? To quote the smartest guy on Twitter in an article I just edited, middle round tight ends are a trap. They've always been a trap. (laughs) 
stay away from them. I think Jake just said that in the football guys uh, blurb that we got from him. Sounds like last um, was uh, Hunter Henry, basically. Yeah. That being said, um, I'm going to credit another football guys writer. Jeff Bell put out an article, very pro Mark Andrews. I was down on Andrews mainly because I felt burnt by him last year and was actually up on Hawkinson because the recipe was right. So I'm kind of just combining John and Nate's points here. The recipe was right for Hawkinson to have a huge target share. I have since flipped mainly because I do think Andrews is going to score touchdowns. I think Andrews is back to being the last elite tight end and Hawkinson is back in the trap category. So I would go Andrews. Jake, one word answer. Who do you got? One word? Why would you do this <laughs> you've already, to me? You've already blown your one word. Broke it. That's it. <laughs> That's it God, I can't handle next, that kind of pressure. Next question. All right. Let's let's move over to running backs. And, and I'm going to skip one just because uh, John called it out pre-show, and I'm just not even going to bring it up uh, just to spite him. Uh, <laughs> you got you to gotta let the listeners know, though. We got to come back to it later. At least. Maybe. We'll see. Whoa. <laughs> wow. wow. So, like, don't piss off the man behind the curtain. I was going to say, right? Right? with the Bunch power of right now. That's He's right. like, I hold the buttons. I can do whatever. That's right. I can drop you from this feed at any second. Don't forget <laughs> big, that. Big B energy over <laughs> there. You know it. <laughs> I didn't know Dustin was Nick Pulse. <laughs> yep. Now you know. Now you know. <laughs> All right, so um, let's talk about uh, playoff Lenny and, and his partner in crime, Ronald Jones. Uh, they are going back to back uh, as RB 34 and 35 um, at 78 and 81 overall. So, again, very close in, in ADP. Um, Jake, why don't we start with you this time? As I'm many words as you like. going to be concise now because we <laughs> bored our listeners with this in previous episodes. For me, it's Ronald Jones. I don't understand what Leonard Fournette's role actually is in that offense this year with Gio Bernard there. And I take Ronald as the better pure runner. All right, Ryan. See, originally I would have said Fournette because I thought he'd be more involved in the passing game, but the bringing in of Giovanni Bernard has killed that. So I'm all about Ronald Jones as well in that situation. Okay. John. Yeah, I'm really good at being long-winded, so I'm going to not. And it's just Ronald Jones for me that I think is the lead back there. And again, I'm, I'm very similar to what they're saying. I don't know what Leonard Fournette's role is in this offense this year because I think that Rojo is the starting running back. And barring an injury, I don't see how Leonard Fournette sees the field for more than, like, I don't know, eight touches a game tops, like maybe on the high end. I just don't see it. I think it's Rojo. All right. And Nate? But but Lenny has such a good relationship with Tom Brady, guys. <laughs> no, uh, so you know this is the whole "What have you done for me lately?" Lenny's probably going to get a lot more of the "Hey, man, he he caught fire at the end." Obviously, there, especially in the Super Bowl and how amazing he looked. But if I'm being honest, I don't really like Rojo, but he did look throughout the season when he was on the field. He looked like the more explosive back. He looked like the the better back of the two. Um, and I love Leonard Fournette, but I'm going to go with Rojo this year. Is Rojo just like poor man's David Montgomery? He's just a poor man, I think. He's just, uh... <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I think Montgomery could is actually effective in the passing game. It no, seems I'd like love, Rojo love... is actually regressing as a pass catcher. <laughs> yeah, the, the hype last year around him, like, working so hard on his pass catching in the preseason, and then you see videos of him, like, brick handing them was just 
Not ideal. Even, even his legs don't look like they work right when he is a <laughs> pass catcher. It's, his legs can't even catch a ball. Like, what are we right. doing here, guys? <laughs> what are we uh, doing by the way, here? I think the secret answer is neither, and it's Gio yeah. Bernard Gio. Like, at the very end of yeah. the yeah. draft. Yes. Touche. Very good. All right, we're going to bounce back to wide receiver here. Uh, and, and one of the players we're going to talk about, we're sticking with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that's Antonio Brown going at wide receiver 37. And then this surprised me. Brandon Cooks going at wide receiver 42. Uh, oh, boy. This oh. will not stand. This <laughs> will not stand. Jake, I already I know, know your stance. Talk. I already know your stance, Jake. John, do you want to start us off? You look disgusted at this. Yeah, I I am for many, many reasons that have absolutely nothing to do with football, but it surrounds literally both of these players. Um, Antonio Brown has his own domestic violence crap uh, off the field issues, which, you know, it just disgusts me. And that's a really hard ethical question in terms of how do we approach those things when it comes to fantasy football? Like, do I want to support someone and be like, yeah, this person can help me win a fantasy championship, but they have a DV on the record. It's a really tough conversation to, to have. And then you put it over Houston, where we have the Deshaun Watson debacle right now, just and we don't know what's going on there. So it's hard for me to like delineate those things away from it. But if I am and putting them aside, um, if Deshaun Watson is going to be the starting quarterback for Houston, and we have no idea, and I, honestly, I don't think that Houston has any idea. The way that they're handling this whole thing where he's like at practice, but not at practice and he's not hurt and he's just kind of there, but not doing anything. It's like they're waiting and hoping that someone decides to come in and give them the Brinks truck for Deshaun Watson. They can be like, oh, finally, thank you. Yes, take him and let, you know, be your problem and we can get away, get, get out from under it. But it's like, guys. The regular season is less than a month away. You need to like shit or get off the pot here. We don't know what's going on with the quarterback situation there. But the thing is with where they're going in the draft, there's already a lot of like risk baked in. I think there's more risk baked in with Brandon cooks because of the whole quarterback situation. Like if Deshaun Watson is there, I think that cooks finishes higher by a considerable margin than Antonio Brown, because it's Brandon cooks and then it's Nico Collins. And that's the entire wide receiver depth chart. Antonio Brown has Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, the running back game, Giovanni Bernard, who might be the next James White for Tom Brady. There's more mess around that. Then you got Tyler Johnson and Jalen Darden, Scotty Miller. There's so many wide receivers in that depth chart that are going to factor in on a random game. Whereas if it is going to be Deshaun Watson, then it, it's got to be Brandon Cooks. But I can't treat the Houston situation as though Deshaun Watson is going to be the starting quarterback for the entire year, because I just, I don't see it. Then again, I'm putting too much hope in the commissioner to actually do something where Deshaun Watson should have been on the commissioner's exemplist months ago. So I I don't know. This is a real just mess of a question. I think I'll go with Tony O'Brown because it feels safer. And I'll I'll make, I'll make it, I'll make it, I'll make it simple. And it's actually the opposite for me, which is I'll even assume Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback in Houston I think Brandon Cooks has been one of the most consistent wide receivers in the game, very under the radar. No one respects the guy. Yes, he's played with elite MVP-type quarterbacks for the majority of his career. But, you know, even with that, we're talking about a safe floor here. Antonio Brown is boom or bust, and his boom isn't even that great. So, for me, I'm not even interested in Antonio Brown this year. Um, I will go with Brandon Cooks 
10 times out of 10 if it's between these two. Mm-hmm. Ryan? It's so hard for me to call Brandon Cooks consistent because he was such a roller coaster early on in his career, but he has yeah. definitely, I mean, his end of the year stats are always nice, yeah. but his game stats, but yeah, basically for me, it's do I want one team's wide receiver one or another team's wide receiver three? And John brought up all the wide receivers. You still have the three tight ends there. If OJ Howard can get on the field, there's just so much working against Brown. But the biggest decision maker for me is there are a lot of people out there who think Brown could lead the Buccaneers. I am firmly away from that camp. I love oh, no, that's Godwin. Chris Godwin. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I love Mike Evans. I like both of them. So Brown is firmly third for me, whereas Cooks, no matter what happens, no matter who's at quarterback, he's the one. In my projections, I actually have the quarterback as a 50-50 split right now. So I hope that I have that risk baked in, and I still have Cooks six spots ahead of Brown. So it's Cooks for me. Mm -hmm. And that's why I wanted to bring this one up is because I thought the same thing with Antonio Brown. I'm like, he's at best the third option on that team um, with Godwin and Evans just being elite ahead of him. Um, and I, it just floored me that, um, that he was going higher than the wide receiver one on another team. So wide uh, receiver 42, what the fuck are we doing? You guys, Brandon <laughs> cooks. Are you kidding me? By the way, I don't care if Tyrod starts the entire season. He is a wide receiver two, top 24 guy, regardless of who's there for me. So I am just all over cooks. Yep. I think that's fair. All right. We'll, we'll bounce back to quarterbacks here. Um, We got Baker Mayfield, QB 17, or Ryan Fitzpatrick at QB 22. And and we've got Baker going 133rd overall and and Ryan Fitzpatrick going at 158. Let let me go first. Let me go first. Let me go first. Let me go first. Okay. Go. Go. Go, Matt. Go. Baker Mayfield uh, has burnt me so many times where I was just like, this is the year for him. And it just doesn't happen. So we know who Baker Mayfield is. I think at this point, Ryan Fitzpatrick, we've seen him, uh, play amazing and still lose his job to Jameis Winston. I don't know what that was all about and that whole thing, but we've seen what Ryan Fitzpatrick can do. And I think Washington's actually made it clear that he's not just like a filler guy for them. He is their quarterback, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future, whether it's two years, three years, whatever. Um, but I just I, I love the talent in that offense. And I think that uh, the Washington football team is going to be possibly the it, they could win that division in the yeah. NFC East. And that's coming from a Cowboys fan. So I'm going to go ahead with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, thank you. I, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, you know, because of how good that defense is, they're going to want to control the ball as long as possible. So he's he's going to have more passing opportunities throwing shorter than having to chuck it all the time, which might not be as good for fantasy football. So I'm kind of like working against myself here. But I think that because of how good their defense is, their offense is going to have control of the ball for the majority of their games this year, which benefits all offensive weapons. So I'm going to go Fitzpatrick with this one. Right, John, what do you Okay, John, you're raising your hand. That's very polite. He raised his hand. He's being nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that if you're taking Ryan Fitzpatrick, you're just like saying F it to the moon. Let's go. Like you're riding the roller coaster at that point and I'm all for it. Like, let's do it. Let's just take the ride. Let's see what happens. I can, I agree with everything that Nate is saying. Um, I think that the cast of weapons that they have, uh, in Washington is incredibly underrated and I think that they're going to want to throw the ball a lot more in Washington than what they're going to ask Baker to do in Cleveland. Cleveland, they're going to run the ball. They're going to control it. They're going to 
you know, try to play defense and run it. And I think that they want to do something similar in Washington, but I just think that it's so against Ryan Fitzpatrick's nature that even when there's a play action pass, he's going to see Deami Brown running down the sideline and he's going to chuck it 40 yards just for kicks and it's going to turn into a touchdown. So I think you're going to ha- potentially have more big plays out of Fitzmagic because of just his play style. Um, and I think it's actually a really interesting fit because you're basically asking Ryan Fitzpatrick to play a role that he's never played because he's right. always had to be the YOLO guy. Mm-hmm. That's just what he's always had to do. And now you're like, hey, sh- shush, stop it. We have a top five, top three defense, maybe even one of the maybe the best defense in the NFL, especially best front seven for my money in the entire NFL. Like you don't have to take those big crazy gambles. You just gotta throw it and control it and like keep the chain moving. I think that Fitz though is gonna take more of those shots than what we're gonna see out of Baker because with Baker you're asking it to be OBJ coming off a major injury and honestly OBJ just has not been OBJ for years and everyone on the OBJ bounce back train. I'm sorry, you can have him. I'm not gonna drop. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm out. If it turns out, great. Happy for you, but it's not gonna be me. Jarvis Landry getting up there as well, more of a kind of slot possession guy at this point in his career. You know, he's not really going to be stretching the field a whole bunch. They don't really have those like stretch the field. Like they've got younger, unproven stretch the field guys in Cleveland, but Washington has Terry McLaurin who can legit stretch a field. Deami Brown did it all throughout college. I think that those two guys can take the top off of defense and really open things up more for Fitz than what we're going to see out of Cleveland. So I think especially being able to get Fitz later, if you're taking Fitz, like if we're talking about this like a one-quarterback redraft league and you're taking Fitz in the 15th round of your last pick, roll that dice. Let's see what happens and try to hit on it and turn into a you know top 10, top 12 quarterback type of guy. It's Baker for me, like by a lot. <laughs> so, wow. Um, just job holding your breath that whole time. I say just a couple of quick things because John brought up a great point about how much more Washington will throw the ball than Cleveland. It was a hundred times last year. It'll probably be a hundred times or more again this year. But in that same situation, throwing the ball a hundred fewer times last year, Baker still threw twenty six touchdown passes without Odell Beckham. Ryan Fitzpatrick hasn't hit twenty six touchdown passes since two thousand fifteen, and that's mainly because through interceptions or injuries, he's not staying on the field. Right. He's going to be the starter for the entire season this year. Even last year, he was only pacing for 26. So that's matching Baker with more passing attempts, I believe, in Miami. I don't know for a fact. I do think Odell's going to bounce back a little. Not wide receiver one Odell. Let me be clear. If you're waiting on that, you can have him. (laughs) (laughs) But I I just think Baker is going to be hyper efficient. One thing we're getting from Baker that we haven't gotten from Baker yet is a second year in the same system. And I think that's going to really play out well for him as quarterback growth. And I think it's going to be a really good year. Um, I will say I'm looking at it more as someone who has a safe floor. Fitzpatrick has the way higher ceiling. Like it's not even close with Terry McLaurin, with Antonio Gibson, with Curtis Samuel, Um, way higher ceiling on Ryan Fitzpatrick, but way lower floor as well, just because he's going to Ryan Fitzpatrick some games. The floor is the bottom of the ocean. So we're basically in agreement on the analysis standpoint. That's just how we build our teams. How we build our teams from a risk aversion standpoint as to what you prefer to do. Yeah, that makes sense. Jake, any opinions? You know I want. You know I want. I want Ryan Fitz. 
I want I him. I want him hard. I want him every opportunity <laughs> I get. He was a he's a quarterback ten the last three years for the stretches where he's been a consistent starter. He hasn't finished below that in points per game basis. Now he gets better weapons than he's had over those last three years. I am choosing to believe he will be the starter for the majority, if not the entirety, of the season. I'm not buying into the the hanky hankiness. If I can make that a phrase, if we could get that trending on Twitter. Uh, so I do want Fitz, for, and I will take him for his highs and lows, because I know the lows will be there. I just want those game-winning uh, opportunities. Okay, so two things. Um, one, I'm probably going to go as Ryan Fitzpatrick for Halloween, so I need to decide between <laughs> I need to decide between like the black getup, you know, with the chain. No, and the, Miami the, Vice. The Miami, the Miami Vice. Vice is the other option, so I need to I'm figure out which one of those two that I'm going to go with. You don't um, wear black on Halloween. It's not good. It's not a good idea. That's, that's <laughs> smart. That's smart. No, get I hit by a car, buddy. I mean, I'm, we'll, I'm, go with, we'll go with. I'm a dad. I think. I, I think safety. Safety uh, first. Yeah. yeah. Be bright. Uh, Be yeah. colorful. I love it. All right. Let's go. Um, secondly. Why the hell did Washington not take a quarterback at number two overall next year or last year? I, I I don't care how good Chase turns out to be. Like he can be a Hall of Fame defensive end. That's great. But if they're they're not winning championships, when you have the number two overall pick, you have an opportunity to change your franchise at the quarterback position. They were in love with Justin Herbert. That was the person that they, they had said that they liked more at the number two overall pick. They were literally choosing between Herbert and Chase Young. And you already have a stacked front defense of seven. How do you not go franchise quarterback and then put yourself in a situation where your defense is so good that you're not going to be choosing that high again for years? And now you've got a journeyman quarterback as your starting QB. I just don't. John, we all answer. know defense wins championships, buddy. I mean, we've heard it a million times. I, I mean, mean, have you not Googled this phrase before, John? <laughs> right? My God. You know what? Football, water cooler, John. <laughs> you know what? No, I have the answer. You know how you feel about a player that's burned you for fantasy the last year? That's how they felt with Dwayne Haskins. Yep. And they said, we're not going to put ourselves in that situation again exactly. to get burned by one of these other potential stud quarterbacks. And, and so they went the opposite. And really, all you need is a great defense, and Trent Dilfer is your quarterback. You don't need it. You don't need a superstar quarterback to win a Super Bowl. I mean, come on. Hey, as a uh, as a former as a former defunct uh, Seattle Seahawks fan, I can talk to you about Trent Dilfer and defense. We can we can have that conversation. Trent Dilfer was was a guy. Um, anyways, and just uh, interesting aside, I just can't believe they put themselves in this situation where now they don't know what the long term quarterback situation is when they basically have a team that's like ready to go outside of the quarterback position. It just, I don't know. It's yeah. weird. Maybe, maybe they'll be in the Aaron Rodgers soup stakes after this season. There you go. <laughs> it won't be. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. We we're, we're sitting at an hour boys, but uh, if you, if you got time for a couple more here, I'd like to hit a Certainly. couple more. I ain't going anywhere. So, oh, I'm out of here. Oh. <laughs> they, they didn't even log off. We're just going to have stare at his I have so much red mark. <laughs> Perfect. I love this. All I'll right. put this I'll put this in there. <laughs> please don't uh, put the Michael Myers mask in one? your steed. I can't handle. Could you put like the Mike Myers, like the SNL guy in that place instead? You I know what? You just gave me a good idea to do an Austin Powers uh, uh, mask with the white face and all that. That would be cool. 
There you go. Ooh. John, there's your Halloween concept. Just make it bright. <laughs> That'll be bright enough, too, because you have the flare from the audience yes. power, so, so you won't get hit by a car. Here's the Hello. thing. I've got very limited options with this going on. So when I've got a quarterback in the NFL that, like, resembles the general construct of what I have going on, I'm pretty much forced into embracing it. I think you should wear an upside-down beard right here and have it go up so then you just your beard like this the whole you know what i'm saying you know so you i just cut off i cut yeah. off probably three inches a couple months ago if i hadn't i probably could have gotten it up uh, <laughs> 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 we call a beard fence in the industry you're in like you industry. could go as wilson from uh you know home improvement I where you it. only see like the top <laughs> half and it's just your beard yes that's a deep dive there jake i'm like well that's gonna be like Adio, neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> and for all those uh, 20-somethings out there that don't get that reference. <laughs> None. None. <laughs> all right. So uh, we're going to bounce back to wide receiver here. And this is this is a trio of wide receivers I, I want to get your guys' take on. So we're talking Cincinnati. Wait a second. I was told it would be 1v1. No. That's it. I don't recall ever saying that. In, in, no, there's in, absolutely no rules Did we break contract? Here, Dustin, is that what it, did we break contract? Yeah, there, there was Dustin, nothing. There was it's nothing. not. It's not this or this or that. It's it's no, this or that. It's I called, hate to be. It's I called. Hate to would be you rather? The game's called. Would you rather? Yeah. <laughs> would you rather have this guy, this guy, or this guy? It's would you rather? Yeah, Ryan knows. He came up with it. They trademarked it. <laughs> Justin, no, don't let us no, talk to you like that. You just man up and own this and say, "Deal with it, Nate," or get off my show. That's what well, you gotta say. I'm still Three. gonna I'm still gonna talk about him. Whether you guys want to okay. answer or not, that's up to you. So fair enough. Go ahead. Let's go. Oh, I'm, I'm very interested. All right. So yeah, Let's the Cincinnati it. wide receivers, uh, very hotly debated here this offseason. Uh and <laughs> I think we all like them for various reasons. So we got Jamar Chase going at wide receiver 24, T. Higgins going at wide receiver 29, or Tyler Boyd going at wide receiver 39. Boyd. Boyd? Boyd. Boyd. By a thousand million. I, I mentioned my three wide receivers that I'm higher on than everybody. Not everybody else, but higher on than ADP. Boyd is one of those as well, where he'll be on a lot of my teams. So. Jake, you're Cincinnati's the same. He's going to have a whole lot of fun with the second incarnation of Nikhil Harry with their first round pick. It's going to be great. Wow. Ooh, that that, that is a hot for my pants. But, uh, wow. Well, we can clip that out, and we'll just save that yep. uh, for perpetuity. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I am out on on Chase for this year based on his ADP, and uh, you know the whole year off of football and coming into an yeah. offense that isn't going to have a lot of time to throw because of their O line. Because they used the pick on Chase instead of Penay Sewell. Which is, I think it'll be slightly improved. I, don't get me wrong from last year, but I don't think it's going to be saved. This no. year, or for Chase to be, yeah. I mean, it'll be Boyd for me. better. You're getting injured guys back, like it'll be improved. Mm-hmm. But can I can I just do a little PSA real quick? Sure. Not every rookie hits. Nope, correct. Mm-hmm. And they in usually fact, usually don't. <laughs> they usually don't. Thank you very much. Let's move on. Next, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. was this a Corey yeah. Coleman episode this whole time? <laughs> oh my <laughs> goodness! Wow. Yeah, yeah, I'm um, in agreement too. I, I love Tyler Boyd, especially at his ADP. Uh, I think he's just okay. going to get peppered with targets, and uh, I'm going to smash that all day long. All right, let's let's uh, head over back. One. What's that? 
You just need to you just need to take out the I'm gonna smash that all day long. <laughs> good job. That's a good job. I'm actually gonna it's use that in our next that. beef jerky ad. If you don't <laughs> like it, that was a great idea. It's a great drop. You gotta use that. That's gold. All right, let's uh, bounce back to tight end here. Uh, another pair of teammates here with Hunter Henry and Janu Smith. Uh, my one-time love of Janu Smith. Uh, Hunter Henry is going as tight end 11 at, at 100 overall. And Janu is going at tight end 18 at 152 oh. overall. Nate, let's start with you. Uh, I'm sorry, who's going later? Janu. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's my answer. There it is. It has nothing to do with later for me. Like clockwork. It's John. No, no, I'm, I'm being facetious, but oh, it, okay. it, seriously, <laughs> I, I mean, isn't that shocking? Me being a little sarcastic. But, uh, no, yeah, it's Johnu Smith. I think um, Hunter Henry, he is going. It, Bill Belichick does not have the patience for anyone dealing with injuries and tweaks here and there every week, every other week. He's dealing with this. He's dealing with that. Um, Johnny Smith will be heavily involved in this offense, and I think he's going to be one of Cam Newton's top targets if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, I have him him leading the team in targets. I think he's going to be used more as a wide receiver, and it's even before – Henry's injury today, I think, or yesterday, right. it was Janu for me by a long shot. So even yeah, I'm completely in agreement. Even both healthy, this is Janu straight up, not even at value, where he's going right. exponentially later. It is a landslide for Janu. Not only that, over under three and a half rushing touchdowns for Johnny Smith this year. Ooh. Because of Cam, I would, I would go under. I'll go Thank under. You. I'll That's take three. I'll say. take three. <laughs> Still, though, the fact that he can add those in, and we've already yeah. seen clips of them factoring him into the running game in training camp, that's going to be part of the red zone package that they're putting together. I think Jonu Smith lines up all over the formation, whereas Hunter Henry is going to be an inline guy if and when he does you know, come back healthy. I think that Jonu's the guy that's going to be split and lined up, and with his athleticism and giving a big friendly target to whoever's that quarterback, um, I think that he's going to be, yeah, I think he's going to be the highest scoring pass catcher in that offense this year. Well, I, I want to, to the smart people watching this show, when you get your draft sheet or whatever you're using for your draft, immediately cross Hunter Henry's name off because <laughs> it's going to, it's a trap. You're going to see him as ADP tight end 11. Some idiot in your league is going to take him somewhere around there. It's arguably the most broken ADP in fantasy football right now. At the very least, Janu and Henry should be flipped. It should be Janu going off as the 11, Henry going off as the 19, and I still wouldn't touch Henry as the 19 in the tight end premium where I had to start two tight ends. I want nothing to do with him this year. Janu, I want everything to do with. Janu is one of my last uh, – Janu's ADP is broken to your benefit if you're paying attention. Whenever I jump on a best ball, the first thing I do is throw Janu in my queue because he's so far down you will forget about him. And he's always one of my last picks in best ball. He's always sitting there because nobody wants to scroll. Um, that's the biggest advantage. If, if just to throw a tip out, if you're doing an online draft while everybody else is picking high, have an idea of who you're going to take and scroll the bottom of the list and look for those values that are so far down. People are going to forget to go look for them and pop those people in your queue. So you can remember to take them with your last four to five picks. And that's what I do with Johnny Smith. Love it, Ryan. All good things. All good things. I'm going Johnny, by the way. I'm Team Johnny because I can't. After all of that, 
<laughs> you'd be the oh, asshole who says oh my god I, I would have had Dustin <laughs> kick you not, the Jake. show if you had tried to make a Henry <laughs> I know you, you I guys feel like I need to for like debate team like if it was high school like I have to take the opposition just for no. the sake of doing it but that would be a disservice I think because yeah. I would just sound like even more of a dickhead than I normally do so that's John who 100% oh, you guys make me so happy with all this John who love you're making blood flow around here and I, it right. makes me happy <laughs> yeah. you and uh, you and Kyle Not Yates man you and Kyle Yates need to uh, have a conversation about Johnny oh he, oh, he was blood, he was my oh, guy last good year he was meet next. Nope. God, yeah just I love this just get all this fodder for our uh, ad read Jake just keep that in the back of your head so much meat stick content coming up. It's ridiculous. Wait, when you when you do cut these things, I'm I almost need you to send them to me. Yeah, fix that, Nate. When you do yeah. cut these, Jake, I need you to send them to me. <laughs> <laughs> to all of us. Put it in your chat to all of us. We need that to happen. All right. I will make them. Uh, I'll make some gifts for you guys. Gifts is nice. gifts going away from this. this Christmas What do you think, though? That's right. That's right. Do we have one more? That we could do here, Dustin, and could it maybe be the one that I pointed out? <laughs> is it is it possibly the second grouping of why uh, running backs? It, it possibly, I don't know. possibly, okay. yes. All right, I'll I'll relent here, and, and we can talk about it uh, just to make John happy that you know he he called it before the show even started here. Uh, kind of, kind of called it. By the way, I want to say oh, not, not in. We did say grouping, not pair. Do we have yeah. three? Again? No, 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 no. I just he was on the right track, but not one hundred percent there. That's yeah. So, um, so yeah, this is RB. RB pairing here, uh, Jonathan Taylor and Najee Harris. They are currently on Ooh. fantasy data ADP, both at RB 10 going 14 overall average ADP. So I'll go last. All right, Ryan, why don't we start with you for this last time around the horn here? I am notoriously like notoriously down on Najee. Um, when you look at football guys consensus, I'm always the last one. I think I have him at 24 or 25 right now. So like Whoa. I'm forced to I have write. him at 16. I thought that was low. Ryan, do you have an article as to why? I do not. It's mainly about not liking the offensive line. Um, I don't think I know Tomlin's history is bell cow. I don't know that they're going to bell cow him. I I'll be interested to see if it happens. So, okay. Write it and send it to me. All right. Yeah, and we call it a fantasy football bus. You've got to use the keywords, okay? <laughs> to fantasy be fair, DTFF, you get five percent off of his article. We lay claim. Someone actually wrote this article for Ball Blast, I believe, last week. I I am a connoisseur of fantasy information. I am lucky enough to be a stay-at-home dad, so I read everybody's stuff. So someone wrote the article and lays it out probably better than I could. I can, I wish I could remember who it was. Maybe Stop Teddy. Waiting, I'm almost positive. It was Teddy. Sounds like um, Teddy. Just dropped it last week. It was three running backs who he thinks are going to bust. And uh, Najee was the first one. John won me over on Jonathan Taylor very early last year. If John's the conductor, I'm second in command on that hype train. So it's Jonathan Taylor by a very, very wide margin for me. Mm-hmm. I've literally never loved you more. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll jump I'll jump in here and uh, and I'll say that you know I did a little guest spot on for for uh, the fantasy uh, the football the ball blast girls last year yes. pre- prior to the season on C H E or C H 
and how I think that he was going to be the fantasy football bust and he's yeah, going to rival Miles Sanders last year. To, to, uh, so I, I just doubled down on two running backs that everyone friggin' loved. And I said, both of them are going to bust. And I, I was hated for quite some time. But, um, you know, I, and I still I, are. No. I still am. I was just going to go there. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. I was actually just going to go there. Uh, people still hate me. So, uh, with me, it's not even close. Jonathan Taylor, RB4, uh, that's that's where I have him ranked. I don't care if Wentz is there or not. I think this offense is going to be based around Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I think last year he was the RB6 in his rookie season. Um, and he's going to have over pressure. He's going to have over 300 touches, not even close this season. So I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be worth wherever you draft him. All right, uh, Jake, we're going to go to you next. John, we're going to let you go last here. (laughs) I'm I'm going to be the uh, turd in the soup here. And I actually (laughs) were we're going with this ball blast theme here. I was convinced by Kate Majuk. I think that it's Najee by a hair based on just one simple fact. One is, hey, if Quentin Nelson comes back week one, then this is going to look silly and foolish. If he doesn't, what we're looking at is two similar types of running backs, one of which I don't believe Ryan actually does have any competition for touches. I don't think that McFarland or Snell or any of those guys are going to give him anything. I think it's all him all the time. I'm not worried about Naeem Hines, but look at what the man did do. And it was early in the season, to be fair. And then that was kind of passed off a little bit. But he was so effective, Naeem Hines, when he was out there. And he took a lot more, not just catches than we thought, but he took a lot of goal line work, high value touches. Marlon Mack is a weird question mark for me, and I'm just not ready to write him off completely. Uh, I think we're all looking at him to be the baseline for what we expect from Cam Akers coming back in a year. But I'm very curious to see if Mack actually does get worked in the way that it seems like based off of training camp reports, reports he will be. So for me, it is Najee by a tiny hair. Um, Jake, I'm going to disagree with you. If you can't see the uh, whoop, this way, the Wisconsin Badger flag, uh, we've been watching uh, Jonathan Taylor here mm-hmm. in Wisconsin ever since he uh, came to Camp Randall. And uh, I do not doubt his talent one bit, regardless if he's lost one of his best offensive linemen or not. Um, I think it took him a little bit to adjust to the NFL. We saw what he could do come the end of the season. And that's just going to continue. So I, I'm JT all day. And before we get to John, Jake, you did bring up some great points about the other players, and that's actually why I like JT so much this year, is I believe the Colts misused him <laughs> so much. You know, even though he did get a healthy workload, it still wasn't enough. <laughs> like, and it was pretty obvious that he should have been getting all of those touches that you're talking about, the goal line work and all that. And I think that I'm hoping they learn from their mistakes, and that's where they go with this this season, and if he finished as a top six running back in his rookie year. I mean, I, I, I want to just tie it back to what we were saying about uh, Fitzpatrick versus Baker. The Steelers don't run the ball enough to begin with. I understand Big Ben is old and fat and slow and all the bad things we want to say about him. <laughs> They're going to keep throwing the ball. They're bottom 10 in rushing attempts in each of the last three seasons. I think they were bottom five last year. I don't see them having the ability to run the ball more. The line is bad. That's notorious. Obviously, it could surprise and improve. The line is bad. I don't particularly care for the team this year. I think they're third in their division. Um, I just don't see them having the ability to run the ball enough 
I'm not saying Najee can't be good. I think he will be a good running back. He's not going to be Jonathan Taylor good, but I think he can be good. I don't think, and Nate, you said this perfectly, Jonathan Taylor is a 300 touchback for me. Najee, if everything falls his way, I don't have him at 250 touches this year. Fair enough. John. John, you've been writing a monologue. (laughs) I've been what? Dear diary. You've been writing a monologue for this. I know. I have been. Dear diary. Today, (laughs) I learned that other people are dumb. (laughs) P.S. I hate shit. (laughs) That was well worth the wait. You could just actually leave it at that. That would be, that was just beautiful. Okay. First and foremost, before, before I get into my soliloquy here about Jonathan Taylor, I'm getting the most batshit crazy thunderstorm outside right now. It's coming down from Wisconsin. Yeah, it's coming down from Wisconsin. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. I saw that. Wow. Is that because I said something bad about Jonathan Taylor? That should be out <laughs> yeah, my window, not that yours. Means, I was going to say John Gordon Savior. You're being smited. Repent now. So literally it's coming. So my building faces east. So this is coming in from like the north, the northwest over my building heading out east from Wisconsin. And it's apocalyptic outside like it's so cool looking and it's kind of terrifying, but it's very fitting for me going on a rant about Jonathan. I was literally going to say, if that lightning is crashing what? while you're talking about Jonathan yeah, Taylor, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, do it. Well, man. Right. Shut your lights off and talk very dark. And <laughs> here we go. 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 We're going to dim. We're going to dim. dim this. Hold on. Okay. Um, so there's a few things about Jonathan Taylor I want to bring up. First and foremost, in three years. At Wisconsin, he ran for over. Yes, nice. That's just the God of Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yeah. Thor's favorite running back. <laughs> <laughs> Thor, I love you. Jonathan Taylor. One oh one. Taylor, the running back of Thunder, um, ran for over six thousand yards in his collegiate career in three seasons. He he missed three straight two thousand yard seasons by like two yards. It was that close. Absolutely insane. His offensive line, according to PFF, was the second best offensive line in the entire NFL going into the 2021 season. Obviously, that's with Quentin Nelson. I'm assuming Quentin Nelson is going to be back week one. Maybe he misses a week or two. Okay, cool. Outside of that, you're looking at the second best offensive line in the entire NFL. Frank Reich, a couple days ago, literally said Jonathan Taylor is coming into camp this year as a bell cow. It's not what it was last year. Last year, they gave the responsibilities for running back touches to the RB coach who would put them out there in the first quarter for like a series at a time. JT, Naheem Hines, uh, even Jordan Wilkinson throwing him into the mix to basically see who was looking good and then go from there. That's not going to be the case this year. Jonathan Taylor is coming in as the starting running back. Yeah, some of the other running backs are going to factor in. That's just how it goes in the NFL these days. But even last year, even though he was like criminally misused for half the season, like week two, he had, I think it was 26 carries, something like that. It was, it was 26 exactly because the next week it was cut in half to 13. He only topped that one time between week two and week 10. And it was a 17 carry appearance that he had from week 10 to the end of the season. He was this bell cow back. 
So you're talking about a running back that only topped 13 carries one time between week two and week 10, and he finished as the third leading rusher in the NFL with over 1,100 rushing yards. Imagine if he had the workload that he did down the back stretch of the season, or at least 75% of the workload that he did down the back stretch of the season, extrapolated that over the entire season, you're looking at a 14-1500 yard running back with 439 speed who was clocked at a faster on-field speed than Tyreek Hill. He was clocked at over 22 miles an hour on a run against uh, the Las Vegas Raiders where it looked like a corner and a safety were going to converge and tackle him and he split them and took it the distance. Tyreek Hill was clocked at like 21 and change just below. You're looking at high efficiency great offensive line play being called a bell cow back in his second season by the head coach. 36 catches on 40 attempts last year was the most efficient rusher or the most efficient pass catcher in the entire NFL on a percentage basis. If you extrapolate like the 40 catches since considering he wasn't on the field a whole lot in the first, first half of games, a lot of times last year, Let's give him 60 targets this year instead of 40. Some along those lines. You're looking at a 50-55 reception season and a guy that was the third leading rusher last year. This has the makings of a top five running back all day long. And it's not just me like, you know, sticking to my guns and the fact that I loved him coming into the NFL. He fucking proved it. And his coach agrees with it. And he's going to be that dude. And because there's these concerns around Carson Wentz, and around potentially Quentin Nelson, even though I think Quentin Nelson is back week one by the looks of it, he's sliding into the second round of, of drafts. This is stupid. This doesn't make any sense. This is like drafting second year Ezekiel Elliott in the late second after what he did. It makes no sense whatsoever. I so, agree. And I know we're already running in time. I hate to cut you off, John. I got to say this, though. His last six games, it was insane. 90 yards, 91, 150, 83, 74, and then 253 against Jacksonville. I know it's week 17, but let's just say he he had seven rushing touchdowns in his last four games. So, yeah, I mean, if they they don't go with him, like, all the way, then forget about it. They're they're just a dumb organization. Fine. Fucking call Thor. Tell him I'll draft Jonathan Taylor. (laughs) I guess so we can settle the hell down. Oh my God. You have to make such compelling arguments. If you fucking just be a little less eloquent about this whole thing, I can feel smarter for an episode. Well, I mean, we do have a God talking for us, so we should just, we should have left it at that. Leaning down on this conversation. (laughs) Really was quite impeccable. I'm very happy right now. Yeah, that worked out very nice. And uh, yeah, I think that's a great spot to end this. Uh, Did gentleman. you guys put some of those thunderclaps through the oh, audio? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the thunder, absolutely. The thunder made the argument. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. I want, if I can get clips of the thunder when Taylor, that'd be great. Fantastic. Oh, fuck. But yeah, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Why don't we go around the horn one more time? Uh, you guys give any plugs or shout outs that you want to do. Uh, Ryan, we'll start with you. I don't even know what I'm working on. Uh, Women of Fantasy over at Club Fantasy. Uh, This entire month, I won't even be on the show, so you don't even have to look at my face, which is a bonus in itself. Uh, The show will be hosted by Lauren Carpenter and Faith Enos. They have an insane lineup of guests. More importantly, we have a great raffle going on right now. Um, 
First raffle ends tomorrow at 8 o'clock. You can win a Kyle Pitt signed football or a Travis Kelsey signed football. All raffle tickets are 5 bucks. All proceeds go to the Women's Sports Foundation. Just go to our website, clubfantasyffl.com. Click on the Women of Fantasy link and all the details are there. But check the shows out. We have Stefania Bell coming on. She's the name that sticks out. We have Kate and Michelle Majuk this week, first week of the show, opening the show up. I believe they opened the show. The Women of Fantasy shows up for us last year, too. Uh, it's going to be great. They know what they're talking about. It's going to be our four best shows of the year, mainly because Joe, Josh, and myself aren't involved. So we've, we've <laughs> let the smart people take over. It's going to be fantastic. But more importantly, it all goes towards a good cause. So check it out. Honestly, I think that it's really cool that you guys are raffling off uh, autographs of the Dynasty Titan one and Travis Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> we said we we wanted Kyle Pittsball to say Hall of Famer on it already. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, throw it to you. Yeah, on Twitter at John Helmkamp, I'm staff writer over at SportsCasting.com. Uh, really cool development. SportsCasting has actually decided to. Uh, make a Fourier into fantasy football writing. So they are allowing me to write about fantasy football content over there and a couple other writers are doing the same thing. Uh, so it's going to be really cool. So feel free to, to pop on over there. We've got probably about three different writers that are going to be uh, pumping out fantasy content. There's probably going to be a fantasy article on the website just about every day, if not a couple per day. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, feel free to, to hop over there and check us out. Uh, it's a really solid website, good writing. And uh, on Twitter, DMs are open if you've got trade questions and all that fun stuff or want me to rant more about Jonathan Taylor. Happy to do so. And check out John's Amon Ross St. Brown article. I think just dropped today. At least yeah. I just read it today. It's fantastic and worth you. your time. So. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, Nate? Nate Hamilton at Twitter at DominateFF. You can uh, you know catch my work over at thegameday.com. Uh, go out and get yourself – the fantasy football draft book from yes. Football Diehards. And of course, go on Amazon, number one best selling fantasy every season. Yep. The fantasy football black book. Unbelievable cast of writers that we have every year in here. So go out, get those things. The price of this is just ridiculously. If you don't pay for anything else and you just get this, it's 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 a money saver and it just it helps you with all of your drafts the entire season. Everything's good. Let's let's high five over here and oh, oh, there we go. There you go. <laughs> that uh, yeah, that's it, man. So I am not associated with the Fantasy Black Book. I'm not a writer that was a part of that project. They do incredible work in that book. It is put on by Joe uh, Pisapia. Yeah, phenomenal dude. All the writers that they've got in there, the content is absolutely wonderful. I am not a sponsor in any way. <laughs> Just giving you guys a shout out. It is incredible work. Everyone out oh, there sure. should absolutely look that up. I say I think Nate, I, I might be speaking out of turn here, was one of the first writers Joe brought in to start helping like what three or four years ago. So I, my, I wasn't even aware season. of the book. I say I wasn't even aware yeah. of the book, but being good friends with Nate as writers with the ballers, I started getting it because of that to support my friend. And it's, it's fantastic football information. It's, it's great stuff. And they always top the charts on Amazon's bestseller and fantasy football content and baseball too, by the way, they do a baseball. Yeah. 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 Uh, that just kills it every year. You guys yeah, are like guys. the All sweetest the trio. Normally everybody's just like, here's my fucking time. Stay out of my window. <laughs> you guys are like, look at all the things these guys are doing. That's amazing. Oh, it is. It. And awesome. uh, Jake, why don't you tell people where they can find you? I'm on Twitter. Jake Frobridge, because <laughs> it's my name. Just go look me up. That's if you're not If you're not looking at me here, go look at me there. 
All right, and you can find. No, our- I'm stepping in for Jake too. Uh, Football Guys just put out an awesome article where we interviewed 17 people in the industry to ask who they were planning a flag for this year. Undervalued guys, overvalued guys. Jake was one of the esteemed writers who filled in with us. Uh, you can go to my timeline and find it, and I believe it's on uh, FBG News as well. So, and thank Jake you for does Jake. amazing videos, by the way. Dude, the impersonations are top notch. They so make me, I cry laughing. I've got to rewind it like 30 times just yeah. so I can catch everything. Dude, you're amazing. It's it's incredible. It's highly underrated, to be honest with you. And you should get more recognition Aww. for those things because, you know, it, it's it's low budget in a way, but it's like you hit you hit it all. And your your impersonations are just yeah, unmatched. So congrats <laughs> on you. Yeah, Keep doing those. Crazy. Don't stop the videos, dude. Done. God damn it. You guys are so nice. <laughs> love it. Uh, yes. Love and uh, please go follow our twitter page for the show at drinking fantasy and if you want go find me at ff dusty dog and until next week folks keep drinking and talking fantasy football cheers at peppers